I was told that my idea with I Love Qatar was too big and it wasn't going to work. Why, why are these people pushing me down from dreaming big? They said to me, Khalifa, you got to choose. Are you a charity or are you a business? I remember getting really upset. Candid Guitar, a podcast that focuses on interesting conversations with inspirational people around Qatar. Welcome to the first episode of Candid Qatar's podcast hosted by Northwestern students. I'm Hind and this is my co-hosts, Sheikha. Hi, this is Sheikha Kubesi. Sam. Hello, this is Samson. And Thani. Hi, I'm Tanya Thani. So to kick off our episode today, we have Khalifa Al-Haroun, otherwise known as Mr. Q, who is a Qatari public figure, content creator, and the founder of the I Love Qatar Network, Qatar's most popular digital network of websites. Welcome, Khalifa. It's a pleasure to have you on our podcast. Thank you very much for having me. I'm excited. First things first, how are you doing, especially with what's going on around the world? Uh, I've been doing great, to be honest. Uh, I think uh, we, we all went into to, to, to what's been going on around us right now with a little bit of fear. But I think, uh, as usual, uh, Qatar as a country has proven that nothing can hold us back. And uh, I really love the, 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 the community spirit, you know, that we have, that we're all trying to push and support and uh, promote each other. So actually, I'm feeling good. Yeah. So have you been like going out or locking yourself inside? Honestly, I haven't been going out. Uh, I think one of the things that people know me for doing is um, just going around and showing people all the cool things that are happening around the country. And I've definitely cut a lot of that out because of the social distancing. And just because a lot of places have been closed in general, you'll notice like even some small hand gestures, you know, like putting them on my chin and so on. It's like, it's really hard to stop <laughs> doing things that you've been doing all your life. Uh, so that's, I've, I've preferred to like stay away from crowded locations as much as possible. So yeah, I haven't been able to go out very much. Well, hopefully things will start to open up soon and you can go back to being your social self. So tell me about your background, your childhood. Really, where were you um, brought up here in Qatar? All right. So uh, my background is that, uh, of course, I'm uh, Qatari. My mother is actually British. She's actually half American, half British. Um, I ended up growing up, spending most of my time, most of my life in Bahrain, around 16 years of my life in Bahrain. And that was because uh, before Qatar Airways existed, uh, I don't know if you're aware, but uh, Qatar used to have a percentage or a share in Gulf Air. And the main headquarters was in Bahrain. And uh, that's where my father was stationed. And that's where I was brought up. And then straight after, and of course, I would spend around a month or two months of the year back in Qatar and then the rest of my time in Bahrain uh, during high school. And then when I was done, I ended up going to um, at the UK where I got my law degree. And I think I've always, you know, had this uh, passion and love, you know, for, for creating content. It was when I had graduated from high school, and my father had asked me what I wanted to do with my life. And I said, I want to be the first Qatari actor in Hollywood. And uh, sadly, uh, that wasn't uh, going to happen <laughs> under my father's watch. And you know what, at the end of the day, uh, studying law brought out a lot of uh, skills that I get to practice in my businesses. I get to practice it in the content that I create today because I do pay attention to the details. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really weird that you hear someone who ended up studying law end up on this like huge media platform and on this media path that you are on. 
speaking of this huge platform, how did you come up with the nickname Mr. Q? Actually, I'll tell you something very interesting. My, my, my online persona wasn't Mr. Q initially. It was actually amnesia. And uh, the reason why I was called amnesia was because I was part of this online community, which were known as um, white hat hackers. And basically it was about uh, creating ethical solutions using, you know, hacking techniques. So for example, one of the theories that we came up with was, um, or concepts was, you know, uh, uh, something called a white virus. And basically a white virus would infect your computer like a virus, but it's actually an antivirus that would clean your computer from viruses. So it's about using, you know, black hat thinking for white hat solutions. And uh, one of the, th the, the things that I had suggested was what if a white virus or an antivirus could go in your computer, clean it up, and then disappear like it was never there. And one of the, the, the guys in the group had said, wait, like, like your computer had amnesia or something? I was like, yeah. And so that's how I ended up with that, that username. And it was later on, on different forums. I was on the Qatar Living Forums. I was on the Qatar Visitor Forums, which you know, long, no longer exists. I was on a number of different forums, answering people's questions about Qatar. And I think it was a Chinese friend of mine who had said, oh, you're like a Mr. Q or something. And I said, oh, Q for Qatar? She's like, no, Q, because you answer questions. And she also said that apparently in China, <laughs> you would call uh, good-looking people, Mr. Q, because it's like a, 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 it means like cute boy or something. So I was like, hey, wait, are you hitting on me? Are you hitting on me? <laughs> she was like, no, 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 you're Mr. Q because of all the questions you answer. You're not cute. <laughs> and I just got, just kind of stuck. And uh, yeah, that's how I ended up being Mr. Q. Oh my God. I haven't even uh, like thought about like Mr. Q being not like Qatar. I have always like thought like Mr. Q is like Mr. Qatar. So that's nice information to know. Right. I, I, think, I think if I called myself, if I was thinking of myself being Mr. Qatar, I don't know, I, I would feel a little bit awkward because like, who am I? Like there's so many other people out there that are more knowledgeable in culture and Qatar than me. And I wouldn't want anyone to think like, I think that I am, you know, like I'm Mr. Qatar. So yeah, it is Mr. 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 Question. What was the reason behind creating the website, I Love Qatar? Like what inspired you to? When I was in university, one of the first questions anybody will ask you when they meet you in the, 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 the student union square is, what's your name? So I'd say Khalifa. And the second question is, where are you from? And I'd say Qatar. And then typically it ends there. But for, for me, the third question follow-up would always be, where's Qatar? And, you know, the first time, second time, third time that I would answer those questions, you know, I was always happy to explain it. And in the past, I also realized that if you would tell someone, oh, it's near Saudi Arabia, they would go like, oh, a religious country. And then if you would say, for example, oh, like it's next to Bahrain or it's next to Dubai, they'd be like, oh, cool. Oh, yeah, that's nice. Um, and eventually one day I just got fed up of having to associate my country with another country for people to understand so one day a Japanese girl came up to me and she asked me the questions, you know, what's your name? Where are you from? Where's Qatar? And I, I was in a bad mood that day. I actually had disagreed with my professor. My professor didn't think that I could come up with my own theory and I had to have a source, um, I guess, because my theory was so great. <laughs> and uh, I was so angry. And I literally said to the girl, poor girl, uh, I literally said, go Google it. And that's when I learned that when you ask a Japanese person to do something, you know, they're most probably going to do it. And she came back to me the next day and she said to me, well, I did Google it and I can't find much about Qatar. 
And so I went online because I never thought about Googling my own country before. And it was true. There just wasn't a lot of information online. We're talking about 2002, 18 years ago. And so there wasn't a lot of information. In fact, Lonely Planet had once referred to Qatar as the most boring place on the face of the earth. Yeah, ouch, (laughs) mega ouch. And they had even said uh, that when you visit Qatar, make sure that you boil the water before drinking it. And I'm thinking, when did you come to Qatar? Was this like in the 1900s or something? So I had decided that I was gonna go put together a page known as I Love Qatar and then just basically give people basic facts about the country. So I built the page. I, I was, to be honest, I was surprised, first of all, that I Love Qatar was available as a domain. <laughs> and then when I did get it, I decided, hey, let me, let me put the, the, a couple of pages. I had like three, four pages up. And within three months, I had around 400,000 views. And so that meant people wanted to learn about Qatar, but they just, there wasn't anything up, out there you know, for them. And I just built it from there. But was it hard to build the ILQ project? Because I know that you you said that you faced some criticism. People told you like you weren't able or you couldn't do it. So did that discourage you in any way or did it instead motivate you to actually go for it? Also, like it's not popular for a person to like, in, like specifically a Qatari person to like go online and be like a popular figure. So like- these That's, that's true. Um, I think- Okay, so there's a type of personality that you will find in most Qatari people. Specifically, what I'm talking about is the more you tell a Qatari that they can't do it, the more, the more they want to prove you wrong. I'm going to show you that you're wrong, I'm right, and I can do even better. So every time somebody told me that something wasn't going to work, I just wanted to, to just... Just, just literally show them how they, they should have gotten on board with my vision earlier on. I, I did face a lot of difficulty. I mean, I faced difficulty with my, my parents. My, my father would always tell me that I was wasting my time on the computer. In fact, I remember one time somebody said, or my dad said to me, there's lots of websites on the internet. What's your website going to do? And <laughs> to be honest, that was kind of demotivating. And he would always pass back and forth. And he was always telling me, you're always wasting your time on the computer. Although now I can tell you, my dad is like the biggest fan <laughs> of the work that I'm doing. He always tells everyone, oh, my son did I love Qatar. So sometimes you just need to, you need to learn, you need to understand that when people are giving you negative feedback, uh, yes, there are some people that maybe they want to hurt you. Uh, however, most of the times it, it's because they don't understand and they think that what they're advising you is the right thing. Like they're, they're not trying to hurt you. They're trying to, they're trying to guide you in the path that they think is best, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's the best path. And I think that for all parents, um, when they see that their child is really working hard and persevering and is really adamant to, to, to bring their, 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 their idea to life, eventually they'll get on board. <laughs> eventually they will. And then when it comes to being a content creator and somebody that's, that's online, yeah, it, it was also quite difficult. Uh, a lot of people were, were, were telling me, you know, do you think that you're like a, a media personality? And automatically media personality meant like television journalist or something. Or why are you wasting your time, you know, on social media? Who really cares? Like you haven't made- I remember actually one, at one point somebody said to me, oh, you'll know that you've made it once your show gets on TV. And it's so funny how nowadays, you know that you've made it once you've made it online (laughs) and not on TV, like what's TV? And yeah, I mean, it was definitely difficult from a family point of view. Um, It was also difficult from um, a business point of view 
convincing uh, people and ministries to give me the permits needed so that I could build the project. You know, when I went to, uh, and I'm very open with this because their, their team have really changed their mind, uh, mentality. When I went to ICT Qatar, they had a project which they were talking about like how they would, they would, they would kickstart and they would back startup ideas. And they took me in front of this, this boardroom of people, of businessmen, and they were supposed to help guide me and advise me. I was told that my idea with I Love Qatar was too big and it wasn't going to work. And I remember getting really upset at the fact that like, why, why are these people pushing me down and pushing other people down from dreaming big? You know, like it's okay to dream big. And then the second thing they said to me is because I use a lot of my, my, my profit to support charitable causes in the community. They said to me, Khalifa, you got to choose. Are you a charity or are you a business? And again, why do we have to teach people from a young age that you have to choose both? Why can't you be a businessman and also care about the community and support charities? Why does it have to be one or the other? And yeah, I mean, it, it really was a struggle for me and they didn't want to give me the funding. Banks didn't want to give me the money that I needed. I had to save up every single real that I got from my job uh, just so I could do this. But Alhamdulillah, you know, look at where we are now. I mean, I love Qatar is not just well known here in the country, but of course you've got Qatar events, you've got Qatar news. And then we ended up investing in Rakami TV, which has now become the world's biggest Arabic tech channel. We're on the path to 5 million subscribers and followers on YouTube and Facebook. But even today, by the way, with all of the success and all of the reach, I still find difficulty getting support. So it gets a little bit better with time, but sometimes things just don't change as much as you hope it would. Wow. Like, I think if I was in your position, I would have like given up by now. But I mean, look how far you've come. So it's a good thing that you didn't basically. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that I Love Qatar like integrates and connects both expats and Qataris together. And you also mentioned that they... Um, spend a significant portion of the profit to charitable causes in the community. Do you guys still um, have like volunteer programs? Yeah. So in the past, what we used to do is we used to do our own events and we've pivoted so that we could support other community initiatives and basically empower them so that they can continue doing whatever it is that they need to do. Um, I use an example of DEEP, uh, D-E-A-P, these guys are so incredible when it comes to, you know, keeping Qatar clean and spreading awareness that they ended up, you know, also getting the attention of Sheikh Al-Mayasa um, and the backing, you know, of, you know, the Qatar Museums Authority and the Ministry of, you know, Environment. So what we do is we, where possible, whenever we can, we try to either donate or, and, and donation, it could be financial, it could be in goods, it could be in our services, it could be in our time as well. But more importantly, we help them to create content so that that will end up encouraging other people to then support them. So that's just one small example. I think we've supported over 50 different initiatives uh, to date. Uh, alhamdulillah, and inshallah, we'll be able to support more and more and more. So it sounds like you're doing a lot for the community. How do you like separate okay, this is my work time, this is my free personal time. Uh, there is no separation. <laughs> I think the, the reason why I've, I've managed, alhamdulillah, to do so much is because I very rarely try to like take my calendar and treat it like, oh my God, okay, this is my work time, this is my relaxed time. It's just a kind of, this is my life. So I Love Qatar has become part of me. I have become a part of I Love Qatar. And I do whatever I can. And I know that 
there's always room for improvement. There's always more that I could do, but uh, I try to just be happy with doing the best that I can. Uh, I'm never satisfied with the quality of the work that I put out. I always think that I can do better. Um, you know, there, there's, there's, there's an expression that, you know, only God is perfect, but we should try to get as close to God as possible. So I always think that there's a room, there's room for improvement, you know, to, 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 to at least aim for perfection, even though it's a mark that will never be achievable. Um, but at the same time, I'm, I'm, I'm satisfied with myself and with my team, knowing that they're, they're, they're doing their best. And I, and I want to be clear, I didn't say trying their best. I said doing their best because I, they are, that's very different things. Um, there's an expression uh, uh, or a story that I like to share with, it, with people, which is Nike's tagline is just do it, right? It's not just try it. Because when, when you are doing something, even if you succeed or you fail, you've actually gone through the process of doing it. And you've like, have you ever went to someone and you said to them, here, try to touch my hand, right? And if they actually touch your hand, they've done it. But if they've tried to touch your hand, they've never reached that final line. So I'm happy with what I I'm, I'm able to do, but I still think that I can do better. Yeah, um, I would like to ask, um, how big do you want um, I Love Qatar to reach? Like, what is your projected goal? Since you've uh, always, since you've um, had a long way to start from. So, you know, I don't think that I have a a goal in the sense like I want to get to a billion, you know, reach or impressions. But what I do know that I want to do is be the network that can help inspire the next person and, and support the next person in creating something amazing. Because, you know, it's all about passing on the torch to, 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 to someone that could potentially become bigger and, and better than you. Uh, you see, the, the mentality that I think a lot of people have is like they're so worried about competition and pe some, the, some new face coming out there and then taking over your space um, I would much rather focus on identifying these people, encouraging them, supporting them, because inshallah, one day when they grow and they become better than you, they'll bring you up with them. Um, otherwise, you know, I think you're going to live a very lonely life and nobody wants to be a lonely island, right? That's true. So the, the answer is, yeah, there's always more. I, I want to grow as much as possible, but I want my growth to be through other uh, other outlets. So that's like Rakami TV as an example. I didn't create Rakami TV. It was created uh, by my partner named uh, Nader. At the time, he only had 30,000 subscribers. I liked his vision. I liked what he was doing. I invested in the project. And now it's at the millions of subscri uh, subscribers because I think we managed to work together to create something amazing. And I want to I wanna hopefully be able to achieve more of those success stories. Inshallah, you will. Also, I wanted to add about like Q-tips. These are the clips that like got me introduced to I Love Qatar. So like, how did you start with that idea? Like making like short and fun tips about Qatar? One day when I was going into the elevator, um, I was standing on the right hand side and there was a Western looking person after the door, we were waiting both together. He just walked into the elevator and like didn't even acknowledge or anything. And I thought that's rude. And while I was in the elevator thinking about like, like, like thinking about the rude moment that just happened. At the same time, I realized, wait a minute, maybe he doesn't know that right is right. So then I started, I went on to Google again, uh, my friend Google, and I started to search to see like, where could I find some cultural information 
about Qatari culture and Khaliji culture in general. And again, there wasn't a lot. There were a couple of books that were like on Amazon, but you didn't even have digital copies. So I thought, anyway, uh, these days people prefer video content anyway. So maybe I could do something. And I'd never planned to be the host of the show. What I had done is I had put a call, a shout out saying, who wants to be Qatar's next YouTube star? And my plan was I was going to pay their salary and I was going to cover the editing, the production, the scripting. I was going to help them become a persona and they were going to be the hosts of Q-tips. After two weeks of waiting and putting that information out there, we only had five people apply. And one of them wanted like 50,000 real salary. <laughs> and I was like, what are you talking about? And then a, a couple of other people I, I felt like didn't have the, the, the skills necessary, you know, for the show. I mean, either they didn't, they couldn't speak well or they weren't able to commit, you know, to the schedule that we needed. And then there was one person that said that he would try it out for a while, but then, it, it, then he had to drop out too. And I was having a chat with uh, Hamid Al-Ammari, uh, the comedian, and, uh, and also, you know, content creator. And I said, hey man, you know, what if, what if we both just did the show together? Because whenever we're together, we're on stage, you know, we say jokes and we laugh around and we're very different people. He's super extra loud <laughs> and can be seen, you know, as, as, as quite harsh sometimes. And then I'm usually the, the friendly guy. And so we, we, we kind of like backed each other up. And so a lot of those episodes had us both together as, as partners. And we'd never expected after what, like six or seven episodes, people from around the world were sending us messages from France. We had a picture of these, these kids in a school in what looked like a jungle in Indonesia watching our show on a tiny little smartphone. And I was like, wow, this is so incredible. And then we started getting messages from people from uh, Bahrain and Kuwait and at the time, you know, also in the Emirates. And they were saying, guys, your show is helping teach people about our culture. They didn't see it as like Qatari culture, they saw it as Khaliji culture. And um, that just encouraged us to create more and more and more. And that's why so far, besides the breaks that we officially announced, we've been releasing a Q-tip every single Sunday. Some of them will get millions of views. Some of them will get just like, you know, tens of thousands of views, but uh, we're, we're still dedicated to keep pushing it out. And right now, by the way, we're looking for a new female host um, for Q-tips uh, to handle not only just the female cultural stuff, but also to um, replace Aisha because Aisha ended up leaving the show to pursue her musical career, which ended up blossoming through Q-tips as well. And so I, I'm just happy to see, you know, like it's, it acts as like a launch pad for other people to do stuff that I couldn't do. <laughs> Aisha is so talented, mashallah. She's so talented. For those of you who haven't checked her out, please do check her out. Uh, check out her account. It is on Instagram loading uh, Aisha A-I-S-H-A A-A-505 yes and listen to her voice she's so like wow <laughs> so Khalifa you've uh, achieved great success with the love Qatar you've won like many accolades what one moment can you say was your proudest moment that the achievement was so great for you you felt yes I have really made it I, I, I don't know if I've shared this story before. Maybe I have. Um, I don't know if I've shared it online, but this is the moment that comes to my mind. When I still think about it, it still makes my eyes water a little bit. So, so I used to suffer from uh, some stomach pains, like such severe stomach pains that in the middle of the, the, the night, I would wake up just literally holding my stomach like, like in, in severe pain. 
I later discovered, by the way, that the stomach pain was because I was lactose intolerant and I never knew. <laughs> um, I guess as you get older, you get those types of things, but uh, that lasted for a couple of months. So one day I decided to go to the hospital and I went to do the checkup. The doctor told me it was a vitamin D deficiency or something. And I'm like, how do you get vitamin D deficiency in like one of the sunniest countries in the world? But okay. So I was on the way back home and before I had arrived at my, I had told my sister actually that I was, I was going. And before I'd arrived back home, I get a phone call. And the phone call is from, it's from an office, a very important office. They basically had said to me, Khalifa, we just wanted to let you know the stuff that you have been doing with Q-tips has been really valuable. And we really appreciate, you know, the effort that you've been doing, you know, to help make Qatar proud. And I was like, oh yeah, it's my pleasure. You know, I really appreciate it. Also, we just wanted to let you know that, you know, even his highness, the emir has seen your Q-tips and says, good job. As he said that, my eyes started to water because I never did this, you know, for recognition. But the fact that I was recognized <laughs> just made me feel so emotional. So my eyes started to tear. And just as I'm at the door, the door opens up. My sister sees me and she sees me crying. And she saw, she, all she knows is I just came back from the hospital after severe stomach pains. And she says to me, Khalifa, are you going to die? <laughs> so that was, you know, probably one of the most emotional moments, you know, that I've ever had. Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't going to die, but, you know, just knowing that the leadership in our country greatly appreciates people who put in the effort to, to help make the country a better place. Wow, that's so good to hear. We're so proud, Wallah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Where, where, are you where are you all from? Uh, I am from Kenya. I'm from Qatar. Yes, we've got Qatar. We've got Kenya. Palestine, Canada. Palestine and Canada. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. We know where the Sheikh is from. <laughs> the, the proud country of Qatar. So I'll, I'll tell you something very interesting. Kenya, I ended up getting a message from the, the, the president of Kenya. Was president? Prime minister? I think it's president. Kenyatta, president. Yes. And I was so, uh, so happy from the embassy because of the episode of Q-tips that we did on Qatar and Kenya. Uh, yeah. And I even ended up getting retweeted by, uh, what was the name of the rapper? I forgot. The one who sings, can I be free? Anyways, like, he's supposed to be a rapper or something. So he ended up posting it. And I was, I was like, oh, that's, this is cool. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and in regards to Palestine, one of the things that I'm also very proud of is the fact that the majority of Rakami TV's team is based out of Gaza. And to share with you a quick story, uh, please do check out the quality of the production that we have on Rakhmi TV. Um, not a lot of people would imagine, you know, that, that this is happening, you know, out of a country where they've got electricity problems, where they have to worry about a bomb going off at any time. Um, such amazingly talented people. Uh, and one of the main reasons why, why we had chosen Gaza as a location to produce the content was because one, we wanted to help give people job opportunities but two, also to showcase the amazing talent, you know, that's based out of Palestine. Because I think a lot of people, you know, they would probably be worried about outsourcing certain work because, you know, of the, the geopolitical issues. And we still do face, you know, some issues, you know, now and then. But it, it was really amazing when we, when we first talked to the team and they had went and found the studio space and they, they created like some green screens and they, got, they created their own lamps and like tripods, you know, handmade stuff. And I was like, wow, like when you give someone an opportunity, they will definitely shine. Yeah, it's amazing what you've done, not just for the community here in Qatar, but also 
for the world. Your Instagram bio says, I'm going to change the world. Do you feel like you have fulfilled that? I, I think there's still a lot of things that I need to change. As I said, like I still face a lot of difficulties, uh, even you know here you know locally. And to share one one story from a dear friend of mine, his name is uh, uh, Faisal Abdullah. He's the son of Dr. Hassan Abdullah. Uh, one day I was feeling really emotional because I felt like a lot of things were going wrong in my life. And I remember sitting. He said to me, "Khalifa, what's wrong with you?" And I said, "I don't know why God hates me. I don't know why life." is so bad. And he says, what's going on? I said, I support charities. I support people. I don't badmouth anyone. I don't get involved in problems. I don't try to talk behind anyone's back. But sadly, it seems like I just keep on having issue after issue after issue. And he said something to me that was so powerful that I still I'll remember until today, which was, uh, Khalifa, God doesn't hate you. He loves you the reason why all of these issues are happening or you're noticing all of these problems is because he knows that you can fix them. And so that kind of just changed my mentality. Now, at the end of the day, it's all about the way that you approach things and whether, whether you're a religious person or not, I, I don't think of myself as an extra, you know, uh, extremely religious individual, but of course I do have a strong faith. And so uh, I might not be able to change the entire world, but I definitely can start with, with Qatar. Thank you for joining us, Khalifa, and taking some of your time to be with some Northwestern students over here. Um, you're such an inspirational person, and I hope everyone listening took something away from this. Everyone told Khalifa that his dream was too big and that Qatar was too small, but he's the one putting Qatar on the map. Thank you for listening, and stay tuned for our next episode.